stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. We have it in our power to begin the world again. This is a quote from Thomas Paine. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Brigitte Gia, and before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Social distancing in this COVID-19 era has been detrimental to authors. So with that in mind, Be The Star You Are has collaborated with the Authors Guild to showcase the new books launching by many, many authors from around the country in a variety of genres. So for the next few months, make sure you are tuned in to both Star Style Be The Star You Are on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, as well as this program, Express Yourself, airing on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, both broadcasting right here on the Voice American Network Empowerment Channel. In order to learn more about these fantastic authors and all the books that they're coming out with and all of these new releases in this quarantine era. It's basically going to be a giant readathon. So I would invite you to jump right in and listen to Express Yourself and Star Style Radio in order to get the scoop on these new books and these brilliant authors. So with that said, let's jump right into our first segment of this week's program, uh, which is focusing exclusively on the brain. Uh, To start off, I'd like to share some thoughts that I actually wrote down around last year uh, after watching a series of brain-related TED Talks for my neuroscience class. So last year I was a freshman in college, and I had just started my neuroscience major journey, and I took the introductory neuroscience course. And at the very end of that course, as a part of the curriculum, you could do some extra credit by viewing 10 different TED Talks uh, and giving summaries on them and pulling from them what you'd learned about the brain and what you were interested in about neuroscience and the human brain. So I've extracted some great facts about the brain in this new exciting field of study. Uh, I really like neuroscience. I'm very excited about it. And I'll be sharing some of my own experiences since that class with neuroscience research uh, in relation to the information that I gleaned a year ago from these great TED Talks. So the first one is called The Surprising Science of Happiness, and this is by Dan Gilbert. Uh, All of these TED Talks are free, I believe, to watch on YouTube. They're really interesting, so I would suggest that you hop on after this uh, (laughs) this segment and uh, do a quick listen-through or bookmark of the videos, and then after the show, make sure you go and watch them. So here we go. 
This is what I wrote. The human brain has developed the prefrontal cortex in the frontal lobe, an area in the brain that allows humans to simulate situations and predict the outcomes of their actions without actually following through with them. This gives individuals the ability to predict whether action will bring joy and whether certain paths of thought and behavior will create happiness. However, the simulations of the prefrontal cortex are often grossly exaggerated in their predictions of action's outcomes. The gaps between the levels of happiness that are supposedly brought about by each choice are widened, so the human brain kind of decides spontaneously that one or another choice will bring exponentially more joy than the choices that are alternative to it. But in reality, studies show that humans become habituated to their circumstances, and so they'll find happiness in their circumstances regardless of the objective or predicted levels of happiness that some course of action might be predicted to bring. For example, uh, further examples throughout history support this conclusion. Uh, men, as it turns out, can manufacture happiness in the environment, whether it's initially present or not. So this synthetic happiness is generally best created when the individual is left with no choice but to move forward. So if there's only one choice for the individual to pick, the brain doesn't think to predict the happiness levels of any other choice because there are no other choices. And so the brain becomes sort of, you know, more accepting of whatever situation that the individual is handed. Uh, it's the only choice, so the brain looks to the, the best of things, you know, tries to see the silver linings in every situation. Our human brains naturally do that. And so experiments in which the test subjects were provided with a reversible choice when determining their paths of action resulted in deep contemplation of the consequences that were attached to these decisions and an ultimate decrease, actually, in happiness levels after the decision had been made because the brain in that case was not left with just one choice it was given many choices and so there was always this reward analysis maybe opportunity cost you would call it that the brain is making with these different choices but those test subjects who were forced to make an irreversible choice were ultimately much more satisfied with their end results in comparison because there was no sour grape situation or, or just decisions to be made. There was just a, a decision to see the best side of things when given one choice. In a separate study, amnesic patients who were asked to rank paintings um, and then given any of those paintings that they just ranked and then asked to reorder them by which paintings they liked the best. They actually placed their given painting, the one that they were given by the study conductor, uh, a higher rank, even with no memory, remember these are amnesiac patients, with no memory of owning the work or having been given the painting in any capacity. So it shows that the brain, even without you know, making a conscious choice, will take the decision that they've been given, that it's been given, and see the silver linings of the situation. Uh, another great TED Talk is called Three Clues to Understanding Your Brain, and this is by Vilayanar Ramachandran. Uh, here we go. A method commonly used by neuroscientists to explore the brain's cap capabilities is that of observation of the abnormal. Differentiation in the brain parcels areas responsible for part 
particular functions into specific locations within the nervous system. Thus, an abnormality within a specific area of function may be traced back to the structure that is normally responsible for its execution. For example, Capcara syndrome uh, is a syndrome that illustrates this localization of function in the brain and its purpose in neuroscience, which is to study the normalized structure of the brain. Uh, The Capcara syndrome uh, affliction is characterized by an inability to assign the appropriate emotions to a face or an object, and then a subsequent refusal by the patient to recognize one's connections to close relatives, uh, family, friends, uh, and this all happens after an injury and damage to an area known as the fusiform gyrus that is a part of the brain's higher visual system. So this fusiform gyrus is a cortical area, uh, meaning it's it's one of the more evolutionarily lately uh, developed. And what happens is when this area is damaged, people can't recognize faces and can't link faces to their emotional meaning. So if you have damage to the fusiform gyrus and you see your friend, you'll no longer be able to recognize your friend's face. So you'll, even even if your eyes are undamaged, your brain won't be able to take in your friend's face and recognize it as your friend. And so this is a great example of how a syndrome a disease can help us understand how the normal brain works without this disease, without damage to the fusiform gyrus. Because we saw that damage to the fusiform gyrus decreases recognition of faces, we also saw that the fusiform gyrus is normally responsible for recognizing faces and making sure that we make those emotional connections between what we're seeing, the people we're seeing, and the memories that we have. So, those two are some of my favorite neuroscience uh, TED Talks that I was able to summarize uh, in my freshman year, and I think I really learned a lot that year, and I'm excited to keep going with my neuroscience research and my major. So, thank you so much for listening, and unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but as a reminder, Be the Star You Are for teens, as well as the newest establishment in the series Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available now and can be found at starstylestore.net. So if you want to hear more of my writing, you can definitely check out Millennials to Boomers and the rest of the collective, especially in quarantine. If you're looking for a new book to read, uh, consider picking up a copy. I'm Brigitte Dia. Remember, your purchase benefits the Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So make sure you get your copy today. And check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative BTSYA videos on living, laughing, and learning. Visit us at btsya.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Keep listening to our conversation about the brain on Express Yourself after the break. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice of America Empowerment Channel. In this segment, we'll be joined by wonderful guest author Dallas Woodburn. Dallas is an author, writing coach, and book doula who is passionate about spreading the joys of reading and writing. Her debut YA novel, The Best Week That Never Happened, is being published by Month Nine Books this month. She's also written extensively for newspapers and magazines, and she hosts the popular book lovers podcast, Overflowing Bookshelves. She also leads the organization, Write On Books. Dallas lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, Alan, and their one-year-old daughter, Maya. She's also the author of, again, The Best Week That Never Happened, which is a love story set in Hawaii with a dash of mystery and magic about living each day to the fullest. Uh, we've got a review from Kirkus Reviews, and they raved, This debut novel is captivating and moving. A dazzling, emotional story of love, loss, and living in the moment. For anyone who is interested in reading the book as a group, especially in this era of global pandemic and quarantine, <laughs> Dallas has also developed a book club kit that's actually available for free on her website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com. So if you're looking for a great read uh, together with a sort of uh, impromptu book club of sorts, you can definitely go on and get this book club kit, connect with others over a mutual shared interest uh, of reading, and uh, get through this wonderful book. With that, let's welcome Dallas onto the show. Hi, Dallas. Hi, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm so excited to be here today. Absolutely. We're definitely excited to have you and to talk about your new book. Uh, So, you know, I wanted to jump right off (laughs) and and ask a question to get us started. Uh, You know, I want to know, Dallas, you've got all of this writing stuff going on. You've got Write On. You've got uh, the Bookshelves podcast. How did you get started as a writer? Was it was it reading that got, hit you off? Was it starting out with book-related media? Or did you know right away that you wanted to jump in as a writer? 
That's a great question. I think I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. It's hard for me to remember a time back before I loved writing. Um, It just feels like a part of me that has always been there. Um, And like many kids, I really loved reading. I've always been a big bookworm and um, just gobbled up books from a very young age. And I think I had a little bit of a... um, kind of a, a window into becoming a writer and and writing books because my dad is actually an author. So I was always really aware that the books on my bookshelf that I loved reading, that there was someone out there who wrote them, you know, that they didn't just magically appear out of thin air. Um, so like Dr. Seuss was a real person. Um, and I just thought that would be the most amazing job to have to write stories that inspire people, connect people, make people laugh, make people cry. Um, I've just always loved expressing myself through the written word. Um, And I still think it's the most amazing job ever. I feel so lucky that I get to do, um, to pursue my passion. And um, so I've I've just been writing since I was little. um, And it's just kind of evolved as I've grown up. I feel like it's really special to be able to look back at the different pieces that I've written over the years and over different parts of my life. And it's like a chronicle of my growing up and my evolving into the person I am today. And it helps me remember what it was like to be a little kid or to be, um, you know, a teenager. Um, when I read those pieces back that I wrote when I was that age, it's almost like a time machine, which is just really neat, I think, to have something like that, that that you can go back to and, and really access those younger selves inside of you. Absolutely. I never thought of it like that. It's, um, it's uh, the, the, the author behind the story. That's really, that's really neat. It's just, uh, so you, you really, lived with the creative process essentially (laughs) by your dad yeah yeah I would see him writing often from the kitchen table and so then I'd you know read books or my parents would read me bedtime stories and just the link between writing and reading was always very clear for me absolutely and that's that's incredible that's (laughs) something I definitely wish I'd witnessed more when I was a kid Uh, and it's also I definitely feel you on on reading back what you wrote at a certain stage in your life and and remembering what voice you had you know (laughs) like oh yeah I went through this and this can be seen through you know it's like reading between the lines of your your own writing and so you end up reading your own voice between those lines you're like oh yeah this is this is how I thought at the time, and this is where I wanted to go with the story. Exactly. That's pretty incredible. And so do you think, um, I wanted to ask because, you know, we're, we're definitely living through this, this new crazy global pandemic and everything's sort of been thrown into uncertainty. How are you doing on that front uh, in terms of uh, connecting with your own daughter about writing and reading? I know she's, <laughs> she's young and, and uh, just starting off, uh, but with, with homeschooling and, and like all of this chaotic stuff that has interrupted a lot of people's work, uh, you know, how have you been and finding time with your daughter and uh, inspiring her maybe journey <laughs> towards becoming a writer or an avid reader. 
That is such a great question. Yes, it definitely has been very surreal times right now. I was talking with my husband the other day about how it almost feels like we're living in some sort of dystopian novel or movie. And I was laughing with him that I don't normally like reading books that are or watching movies that are too scary they give me nightmares and I was saying I feel like we're living in a movie that I would want to change the channel um but you know thankfully um in my in my life right now knock on wood everyone has been healthy and I feel like um we have so many wonderful people who are out there you know caring for us and trying to keep everybody safe and it's just been really moving to see the way that people are um, loving each other and and supporting each other and um, being so generous with each other and just the connection that I feel with even total strangers that I pass by on a walk and we wave at each other from a far distance away um, has been, I think, actually quite special. And it's really, for me, um, kind of solidified what is most important. And so as you touched upon, for me, my daughter, my husband, my my family, my parents, my friends, um, and writing also, you know, it's really helped me. It's helped kind of clear away some of the other factors that can be part of a creative life, you know, worrying about reviews or what people will think of your book or, you know, sales or marketing or those type of things. All of that has kind of been like burned away and I'm left with just really hoping that my book, resonates with people and in the same way that there are books that are really a solace for me especially during hard times I'm left you know just hoping that my book may might be a comfort or a solace or an escape to someone else um and yeah with my daughter I've I'm really lucky that I get to be home with her even before the situation where everyone is working from home now pretty much um I've been home caring for her. I did have a little bit more, I guess, outside activities that we would do before this. And so it's been us at home um, a lot more than it was before. Um, But it's been really interesting. I mean, she's learning to walk. So there's this new skill that she's developing and she's just walking all around the house. And she's she's only about 16 months old. So um, up to now, a lot of books were mainly just like chew toys for her, <laughs> her board books that she would chew on. But she is becoming more interested in the stories now, which is really neat to see the way that her language is developing. She's talking a lot more. She's saying more words. Um, we read her a bedtime story every night and we often read, we have like three or four that we rotate the same ones. And she's getting to where she recognizes the pages and she gets excited for certain pages. And she's actually sitting still for a little bit longer to read her books. So it's been, um, it's been neat to see that. Uh, I hope that stories and storytelling and telling her own stories can be empowering for her in the same way that it's been so empowering and comforting for me in my life. That's absolutely amazing. And I think you're definitely right about uh, the silver lining of of all this being that the non-essential things are cut away and we're left being able to see what matters in our lives, you know, like moments with your daughter and, and getting to see her uh, go through this, this process of the start to reading, <laughs> you know, the yeah. start to spelling and, and, you know, comprehending our language and really starting out. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of, again, you know, just finding 
moments of comfort uh, right now. What would you say is your is your quarantine book list? <laughs> do you have a do you have a certain list? And I'm sure, honestly, that the best week that never happened is on a lot of people's <laughs> a lot of people's book lists right now. And I'm hoping after this show that it will be on many, many more. <laughs> um, but do you have any any books that you've read recently uh, while you're at home uh, that that you think would be comfort or or a good escape from what's going on right now? That's so kind of you to say. I also am just so grateful for um, for you helping to spread the word about my book. And yes, it's it's really been great to have a little bit of extra time. You know, not going out, just home reading um, has been really comforting for me. And I found that the escape of fiction in particular um, has been really nice for me. Like I, I feel like I can escape into a book and any anxieties that I'm having about what's going on in the world. It's like I'm able to kind of set them aside for a little bit and just focus on um, the world of the story. Um, though I was laughing with a writer friend the other day that it feels funny right now to read a book or write write a book right now where characters are like in big group situations or interacting with each other, you know, at a big party or something, because you, I think in my head, oh my goodness, you know, where are their masks? They're not being safe. And <laughs> just because of the world <laughs> that we're in right now. Um, but I just recently finished reading um, a YA novel called Love Boat Taipei by Abigail Hingwen. Um, it was really wonderful. It is based off of a, um, real program um, called Love Boat um, in Taiwan where um, teenagers um, are, of Asian uh, heritage go for a summer to this um, cultural camp and kind of get immersed in um, the culture of their parents and, and grandparents and, um, and also just get to meet a lot of other people. And there's often friendships that develop and romances that develop. And so um, that book just was really a delight um, to read. It was one of those that I just uh, would get really excited to have my reading time at the end of the night to kind of like escape into um, the book again. There's just a lot of twists and turns and rebellion and romance. And um, it was really a fun read. And she's um, an author who lives not too far away from me. So she's a fellow debut it's her debut novel, and I got to meet her um, at a book event back in uh, February. So it was extra fun to get to read a book of someone that I had met, and I could picture her as I was reading. Um, I've also been reading some poetry. Um, I really love Maya Angelou's poetry. And as you mentioned, my daughter's name is Maya. She's partly named after Maya Angelou. And um, her poems have just been very inspiring for me uh, to reread right now and just kind of help me feel like, I guess, my, my bravest self. So that's been really centering for me as well. That's important, you know, and I can definitely see Maya Angelou has some powerful stuff. Uh, I'm glad you, you recommended that. I think it's really great for, yeah, as you said, gaining back some confidence in, in sort of this shaky time. Uh, I love that. I love that you were able to meet the author of Love Boat Taipei. I think that's, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like putting on uh, a, a a shirt at a store and really liking it, buying it, bringing it home, kind of wearing it on your own adventure, reading the book, <laughs> and then being able to to meet the maker, <laughs> so to yeah, speak. Yeah, that's a great analogy. 
Like to make the tailor of the shirt. Um, that's that's amazing. But uh, speaking of of kind of finding that escape or finding a story that you can get lost in. Um, the best week that never happened is set in Hawaii. It's a love story that's set in Hawaii. And I understand that you're, you're situated in the San Francisco Bay area. Um, what prompted that setting? Uh, were you, were you on vacation? Uh, did you, did you fall in love with Hawaii? Is it, what inspired you? Yeah, I I love Hawaii. Um, And yes, I actually, when I, when kind of the lightning bolt of the idea came to me, I was on vacation in Hawaii. Um, It's just such a beautiful place. And um, I grew up um, in Southern California by the beach. And so um, the beach has always been a special place for me and often will find its way into my fiction. Um, and I, I felt like I wanted to have a place that was kind of like this dreamy, um, summertime vacation place for, um, the setting of my novel and just Hawaii felt really perfect in that way. But then I also, um, talked to, some people who live in Hawaii and I've, I read a lot of, um, books by native Hawaiian authors. And, um, I also wanted, if I said a book there, I wanted to make sure that I did it in a way that was very respectful. And that also was not, um, I guess, stereotypical in a way. Like I spoke to one woman when I was there the last time and she said like, Oh, whenever Hawaii is depicted in movies, you know, there's just like, luau's and lays and more luau's and um and so I, I kind of wanted it to be um about Hawaii but maybe showing some other sides of Hawaii so one of my characters uh the protagonist is a tourist visiting Hawaii on vacation um but her love interest and her friend from childhood is this character named Kai who lives there and so he takes her to some places kind of off the beaten path um, and they don't go to any luau's and there are not any lace in the book. Um, so yeah. And then also, I guess on a deeper level, um, I was thinking a lot when I started writing this book, it was, um, shortly after actually, uh, one of my best friends was killed in a car accident. Um, and I didn't really real, I didn't realize it at the time that I was writing about her, but I, I was like looking back on the novel. She's, she's just everywhere, um, in the book. And we had always talked about going to Hawaii together and she actually, um, had just come back from a trip to Hawaii shortly before she died. And so I think also like maybe in my subconscious that was also there, um, just thinking about her. And so, yeah, it it kind of felt like less of a decision that I made consciously and more like just the, um, uh, the place that that was that that was chosen, I guess, by my subconscious or by um, the book itself, if that makes sense. Absolutely, and I, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. That's that's terrible to hear, um, and I'm I'm glad that you were able to to almost like your subconscious, you know, like. It, immortalized her (laughs) I don't want to use that word but but you know what I mean like it I'm glad you were able to bring elements of her memory into the best week that never happened and uh you know I'm glad that in a way that she's she's able to live on through through your story yeah 
And I, you know, I also think a well-researched setting is definitely very powerful. Um, I, I love that, you know, that you've acknowledged that a lot of <laughs> representations of Hawaii and Native Hawaiian culture are maybe not exactly accurate in, in terms of what maybe movie directors and and authors were trying to do in the past when they pictured Hawaii. So I'm glad that you talked to locals, that you you read uh, books by Native Hawaiian authors and gained you know a good understanding of Hawaiian culture that you were able to put in the book. I'm <laughs> excited about that. I think that's really powerful um, in terms of bringing a public awareness to a representation of Hawaii um, as a more accurate one that's been that then has been reflected in media in the past. Well, thank but, you. All right, like I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up and uh, that you shared with us kind of your process of making sure that things were set at least as close to what is as possible. <laughs> And, you know, I want to ask it, Dallas, with, uh, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to keep returning to quarantine, but uh, with sort of things in place for a sort of longer shelter, shelter in place um, restriction, how have you been able to kind of reflect on your writing process? Uh, have you, have you found that the, the time gives you um, an opportunity to look at your writing and, and change things, change your style. Uh, do you think you'll be doing any experimenting with your writing style during this period of shelter-in-place quarantine? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, and I love how you're um, approaching some of the opportunities that are here for us um, creatively right now. Um, I think I think that when our lives are changed in such a big way and also when we are kind of cut off from our normal life in such a way um, it is just a ripe time for uh, creativity to really bubble up and for us to be forced to be creative in certain ways um, or even just be open to new ideas um, yeah and I've really been trying for me um, writing is almost like a form of, of self-care. It's a way for me to connect with myself every day. And like I was mentioning earlier, kind of same as with reading, like set aside my anxieties for a slice of time when I'm able to escape into the world of my fiction. Um, and so I've really made a point even more so than before the quarantine to um, really double down on my writing routine. And it's, it's very nurturing for me to have that writing time each day. So um, I think it's easy sometimes for life to get chaotic and for us to um, not prioritize those things that are necessary for us. Um, but for, for me, I've been lucky as well that my husband is really supportive. And so even though he's working from home and, you know, we have our daughter like running around the house and taking all the food out of the pantry and throwing everything on the ground. Um, he, he is really supportive and saying, okay, I think it's time. Like you should go do your writing right now. Like I'll watch her. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I've really been trying to write for even just like half an hour every day. I'm, I'm actually working on a new novel right now and um, it's been helpful to 
write every single day kind of helps me stay in the world of the story. And it's easier to sink back into it each day when I sit down to write. Um, And even though half an hour doesn't sound like very much time, you know, even just writing a couple paragraphs a day, a page here, a page there, like it really does add up. And so even if someone is listening to this who maybe wants to do more writing but feels a little bit overwhelmed with how to find the time, um, maybe there are a lot of obligations, um, maybe things with quarantine, like my life is actually a little bit more hectic now with quarantine just with my daughter being kind of cooped up. But just just taking even half an hour a day to do that self-care for myself and um, have that creative time has been really, really helpful and rewarding. And um, yeah, the novel I'm, I'm working on, it's, um, it's a little bit more, I guess, um, plot-oriented uh, for me than sometimes I, I, I tend to start with characters. And this one, the idea for the plot came to me first. And so it's been different for me kind of outlining and and working on a little bit of a more complex plot than I tend to normally juggle. There's like multiple timelines and um, different character points of view. So that's been a fun challenge to work on that. Oh my goodness, that's exciting! You know, just just out with uh, the the best week that ever happened, and you're already working on a new project. I'm I'm glad to hear that, and I I definitely uh, think that what you said about continuity, uh, even with short periods of time for writing, uh, rings true. I really think. That's the way to, to get yourself to, to keep going and to find, you know, those fluid plots. Um, for me, I, I love drawing, but uh, when, when things were going on, business as usual, I never had any time for it. <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't really sit down with my sketchbook. And so, although I think the week that school first got canceled for me was kind of the best week that never happened, <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've... I've um, made do with, with, you know, what I'm given. I've made some time for drawing, and I've really gotten back into it. Um, just as you have with writing, I'm really excited. <laughs> That's so great. I love to hear that. I'm pumped. <laughs> but uh, I know that um, the best week that ever happened uh, reflects on the brain and has a lot to do with the brain. And as our our weekly theme for this week is the brain, <laughs> um, uh, how would you say that the book really ties into, you know, the brain and what's happening on our minds? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say so some of the central themes of the book are this idea of um, really living each day to the fullest, living life to the fullest, and um, really, I guess, just thinking and reflecting about your life as opposed to kind of going through on autopilot. And I guess maybe it's a little bit of a metaphor for the pandemic that we're all experiencing right now in the quarantine. I think if any of us were sort of going through life on autopilot, this um, huge thing happened and now we've had to really kind of take a step back and reflect on our lives. And something similar happens to my protagonist in the book where kind of jolts her out of her normal life and causes her to um, really think about some things that she was pushing aside in her brain, you know, truths that she was not, um, was not like coming to terms with um, and how she wants to live her best life, like how she 
um, would make the most of her days. And so my hope is that readers will find the story entertaining and engaging and that it will um, touch their hearts and they'll connect with the characters. And also I hope that it might help them reflect a little bit on their own lives and think about um, what is truly most important to them and what matters most in their lives and how can they try to make each day really meaningful um, for them. And some of the early reviews that I've received have, have said things like that. And that's really um, made me feel happy that, um, that it's connecting with people in that way. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's, that's a really good message to put forth. Um, Especially as you said, in, in quarantine, (laughs) we, we have been forced to, to go off autopilot and kind of retake the wheel, so to speak. Um, I know, yeah, a, a lot of this time, I feel like, has given a lot of us um, that opportunity and also, I guess, a little bit of a curse <laughs> to, to really think through things that have been going on in our lives that we've been too busy to deal with. So that mental roadblock, uh, yeah, has, has really definitely been tampered with and, <laughs> and a lot of people are probably taking the time to push against those roadblocks, um, as your main character does. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to ask, uh, again, with everything in perspective, going off autopilot and, and coming to terms with everything that you've done <laughs> kind of in your life or at least in the recent past, uh, Dallas, what would you say has been uh, the best week of your life <laughs> to tie in with the title of your new book? Yeah, that's a fun question to think about. And um, I would, def- I think I would say um, the week of my wedding, my husband and my honeymoon, um, it was just such a special week. I would love to live that week again and see um, just all of our loved ones, our friends and family together um, for this really special day. It was just so amazing to have all the people we loved together in one place. Um, and, uh, and then to be able to kind of go off with my husband, we went to Yosemite for our honeymoon and sort of have the contrast of being with all the people we love together at once, and then just go off in solitude with each other. And then my daughter is so precious to me. And so, you know, she would not have been born if not for that week. Um, it's like the foundation of my, my precious, uh, things in my life today. Absolutely. Your family unit uh, and, and yes. everybody together. Well, that is absolutely beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Alice, for coming on air today and sharing your writing experience, your, your quarantine experience, and your wonderful new book with us. Uh, audience, make sure you learn more about Dallas and her work at DallasWoodburnAuthor.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram at DallasWoodburnAuthor, and she's on Twitter at DallasWoodburn. Uh, also, be sure to support our show and learn about upcoming BTSYA events at BeTheStarYouAre.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. Show your love for more segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy Charity. That brings you this program at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Visit btsya.org to find out more about Be The Star You Are and keep listening for more on the brain.
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune in to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Brigitte Gia, and this week's show is all about the brain. So in this last segment, we have Be The Star You Are host and reporter, uh, Siri Fanindra, who will be sharing her thoughts on natural medicines for many, many brain-related illnesses. Take it away, Siri. Hi, Brigitte. I'm so happy to be here today. Um, While growing up in an Indian family, I have been exposed to many spices, and today I wanted to share some herbs and spices that my family uses um, that are beneficial for your health, that can treat many brain-related illnesses, such as Alzheimer's or depression. So the first one that I want to start off with is ginger, which aids in digestion and fights flu and common cold-like symptoms. It has anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, which in turn can help with arthritis-related issues. It is known for lowering the blood sugar and cholesterol level, and it is a really good source for diabetic and heart patients. The next one is holy basil, which is one of my favorites, since every part of the plant can treat different conditions or illnesses. For example, the flowers of the basil can ease bronchitis, while on the other hand, a combination of leaves, seeds, and black pepper can treat malaria. It can also be made into another form, such as an essential oil, that can treat insect bites. So it is so beneficial that my family decided to grow basil in our backyard, and I definitely recommend it during this time as a pastime. The next one is garlic, and it is known as a cure-all because I personally think it helps with everything. It boosts your immunity, and it combats many sicknesses, including the common cold. And the active compounds in garlic, they can also reduce blood pressure, which, you know, gives you great hair and skin because of its antibacterial properties. 
Garlic also kills the bacteria in the food, and that's why my family personally uses it, you know, as seasoning because it kills bacteria, whether that's E. coli and or food poisoning. So it's definitely something you can add, which gives you, you know, good taste, um, but it's also really good for your health. And the next one is something that my family uses so often, and it's turmeric. And it gives Indian curries its bright yellow color. And it's also a medicinal herb that has been known for, you know, thousands of years and has been passed down from many generations. And it has been scientifically proven to have many benefits and advantages as it is an antioxidant and has natural inflammatory effects to kill any sort of bacteria in your body. And some benefits include having the potential to prevent diseases, whether that's heart disease or brain disease, Alzheimer's, cancer, you name it. It also eases depression and arthritis by easing joint pain, stiffness, or inflammation. And turmeric, it also improves brain function and memory, which is super cool. And it also gives you great color for dishes. Um, The last one, which I'll be talking about today, is cumin powder, and it is often used as seasoning in many Indian curries, and it increases antioxidant intake and helps promote digestion. It is a great source of iron, and it keeps your blood sugar in control, so it's really helpful and advantageous for diabetic patients. And I guess that concludes my segment, and I hope that this inspires you to start growing some fresh herbs in your backyard or, you know, experimenting with these healing spices in the kitchen. Absolutely. That's a, that's a wonderful list and background that you've given, Siri. Um, and I think, um, I, I feel like a lot of natural remedies in the past, especially maybe in like the 20th century, mid 20th century, uh, when sort of Western experimental lab science was rising in, <laughs> in renown. Uh, natural remedies were kind of pushed to the side. But I think it's important to remember, um, as I have, as you've been going through this wonderful list of, of different things that can keep you healthy, that at, at our core, uh, we are cellular beings, right? And so the cells in our body are going to react to the environment. If you think of any single-celled organism, that's what they do to survive is they react to their environment. And so, uh, you know, uh, herbs and natural flavorings that also have beneficial effects, uh, they possess these sort, of, um, these sort of effects and benefits because the cells in our body are reacting to them and, and gaining all these great benefits. Um, and even our brains, which we, we think of as these complex masses that, you know, tell us that how to do everything and what to do and when to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Even our brains are masses of neurons, they're cells, and they react to the nutrients that we are eating, that we're giving them essentially. And yeah, so I love that. Right? Like it's, it's, Natural remedies, I think, you know, are are pretty powerful because they are an element of the environment that our bodies are reacting to. Yeah, exactly. uh, but Siri, I actually, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, go I ahead, go ahead. I just to add that, you know, we have so many off-the-counter medicines that are available. And, you know, by using these natural herbs, you can avoid overdosing, which mm-hmm. is, you know, often an issue that many people face. Yes, go ahead, Brigitte. Absolutely. No, I think that's that's a really great point that you're making is that we don't know how much is in the doses and 
a lot of the times the doses are conducted on trials or, or with patient trials when they're being tested of people who may not necessarily represent your demographic um, in terms of you as a patient, like anyone, females especially, um, because a lot of uh, testing cohorts of drugs that are not yet on the market, uh, you know, like therapeutic agents, that would be beneficial. Those testing trials and committees are usually composed of of men. And so we don't get a good idea of what pharmaceutical therapies have, like what effect they have on women, which is kind of worrying and with natural <laughs> remedies. I think that that at least gives you some control over what you're intaking into your body. Uh, but Siri, I actually just wanted to ask um, <laughs> which one of the the spices, herbs that you, you've listed is your favorite? Like what would you add on every dish <laughs> you have to pick <laughs> Um, well, I would have to go with turmeric because I just personally, I love the yellow color. It's like very attractive on dishes and it also has some flavor, um, that a unique flavor compared to some other herbs. And it's just, it, it's so good for every aspect of your body. Um, whether, because it kills, you know, all types of bacteria and, it has been used for many years, and I feel it's like a tradition to put it in every dish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. That's a, that's a spice with, with health benefits, with flavor benefits, with aesthetic benefits, and with historical traditional benefits. Yep. That's pretty good. <laughs> My goodness. And yeah, especially in this time of quarantine, I think it's it's important to to keep in mind what you're feeding your body, you know, because... Uh, we've heard a lot about how COVID uh, sort of, you know, takes advantage of weak immune systems. And it's important to stay healthy because of that reason. And I think natural remedies, things like turmeric and garlic um, and basil can really help us keep our guard, <laughs> you know. Um, and so have you found in, in the past you know, a few weeks that we've been going through this. Have you found yourself, you know, using a lot of that basil from the garden, putting more garlic in things? <laughs> what, what, would, what do you think about maybe throwing in some, some extra dashes <laughs> just in case? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, during this quarantine, you know, social distancing time, I would always find myself in the kitchen or in the garden. Those are like my two spots where I'm always there. Um, you know, gardening, I found, is, like, super helpful because you expose yourself to the nature. And even though you're not with other people, you're with other living beings. And I just find it so therapeutic to take care of these plants and, and then put them in your kitchen and then use them. It's just, it's just this great um, process that is mutually beneficial to both the plants and you. Absolutely. Um, I think that's great that, you know, we've, <laughs> you've, you've been able to find a haven that's beneficial uh, in terms of health, taste, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> relaxation in this time of stress. Um, but thank you, Siri, for sharing this wonderful list of different things that can strengthen your immune system and that are natural in nature. <laughs> uh, we are out of time for today's show, but audience, make sure to support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs on our main site at bethestarur.org. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Siri Panindra. 
As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Get excited about the capacities of your own amazing brain. Be safe, be healthy, be home. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself